What's up, everybody? I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life and whatever else comes up. We take a no bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. 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 This is real life. This is it, dude. We're doing it. We are fucking doing it right now. We are recording our first podcast. Which is so exciting and also so nerve-wracking. It's terrifying, dude. Putting yourself out there and being like, haha, come listen to all the bullshit I'm going to spew to these Yes. <laughs> like, it's not bullshit, but you get what I'm saying. Well, and yesterday I was talking to one of my clients about how people think that therapists just like have their shit together I'm like oh no Mm -hmm. just like anybody else like I go through my own stuff right I have my own bullshit to deal with yes I practice what I preach when I tell my clients I'm like cognitive errors I challenge them on a daily basis you guys a daily basis they're like what I'm like do you think I go home and like process through shit with my seven-year-old of like, let's talk about today and what happened? Like, let's have a discussion. No, I'm like, why is your room a mess? Like, <laughs> come on, guys. We're human. We're human. Anyways, hopefully that's what this podcast brings to people is it shows the realistic side of being two psychotherapists in southeast Wisconsin, <laughs> just trying to be able to get ourselves out there, put our name out there, and show people what we have to offer in terms of mental health, support, um, all the things. Well, and I think one thing to like recognize is we are real people, right? Like We're real people experiencing real life every day, and it's not just what you see on Instagram. It's not just what we choose to post. Like we want this to be like real raw and vulnerable to show you guys that it's possible to do the things that we do and to do the things that we teach and all of that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I just live by that statement of like social media as a highlight reel. It absolutely is. And I'm forever grateful for like this new movement coming out of like the normalized normal bodies hashtag movement and like reality versus like, um, Instagram and whatnot and what people post like the different versions of their bodies or the different versions of like the communication styles they have or whatever it is it's so nice to be able to see that variety instead of just like I'm in Italy for the weekend like (laughs) no the fuck you're not (laughs) like okay (laughs) I think it's honestly sad though when you sit back and really look at people who truly believe everything that they see on social media yeah. and I I am a big proponent of like I'm gonna be real and I'm gonna be raw on social media because that's what I want to see from people I don't want to see the bullshit I don't want to see everything being fake or filtered or like the kind of pages that just want to appease a certain kind of people I want to mm-hmm. see pages that appease to everybody does that make sense absolutely like I understand if you're running like a lifestyle blog and a maybe like a home decor blog and stuff that you're you are appealing to different aesthetics and whatnot however life is not like that life is like real life raw vulnerability is not like that there will be ups and downs and my favorite thing is to like look at life like a roller coaster there's going to be ups and downs you need the ups you need the lows you need the twists and turns the breaks like it it just it all comes together in the end you can't just continue to go up and not expect to drop absolutely And speaking of coming together, we're going to tell you guys how we met and where our friendship started. Where our love story began. Yes. So it was 2014. 
I had recently transferred back to uh, the hospital in Kenosha where I had been working. Um, I had been working for the hospital, but I had been working in Milwaukee for years. My son was just about to turn one. I transferred back to Kenosha to be closer to home because it was easier. And Mari had started working for the same company, and she will be the first to tell you that she did not find me approachable. At all. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not even likable, because you know what? When I worked at that hospital, I was an asshole every day. Yes, you were. Every (laughs) day. You absolutely. It was, I I definitely, looking around the room, and this is, you know, judging is absolutely not something that I like to do. We are all, all human though. And absolutely. When you look at your aesthetic in the, in the beginning, if someone's first meeting you, it is a very, um, it is a forward aesthetic. So I was like, she's going to kill me. So she's not a friend. That is a foe. That is a threat. And so I was like, How, what other marshmallowy fluffy people can I meet here? And then I was like, oh. <laughs> Maybe she is the only one that we friends with. Well, I mean, the backstory of the hospital that you worked at, it's it's a pretty well-known psychiatric facility. And to be fair, like, we experience trauma every single day working mm-hmm. in a psychiatric hospital. We experience secondary trauma. We heard things. We've seen things. We experience things that most people don't ever experience or would ever want to experience. That was part of our job, though. Like, yes, we, quote-unquote, signed up for it working in a psychiatric hospital, but every day was a different roller coaster that we didn't necessarily know how to ride. And Absolutely. so back in 2014, I will be the first to admit, like, I did not take care of myself. I didn't take care of myself physically. I didn't take care of myself emotionally or mentally. None of it. I My priority was my son and work and my clients or my patients at the time. And I put myself on the back burner. So that in that reflection, that looks like me just being fucking miserable every single day. And mm-hmm. that makes me sad for the person I was in 2014. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, to 100% second all of those things, vicarious trauma is absolutely real and experienced every day in the mental health field. And I think, it, uh, yeah, we signed up for it. Absolutely. That doesn't mean that there's not aspects to this job that still, to this day, are hard to stomach. Um Again, I know that we both love what we do, so we're going to keep on doing it. Like, But we definitely have better self-care now than we did back then. But I also think that there was aspects of our life where we, we, we could look back and really um, boil down to get to the root issues of maybe why we were so unhappy. <clears throat> and I think that we did. Obviously, because our lives back then in 2014 versus now 2021, the very beginning of 2021, are exponentially different. Um, So yeah, I started there in 2014. I think I started in like September, but I started working with the AODA population. And so then I think in November, I got onto the teen social worker role, which is where we met each other. And I remember it was during a phone conference training. We were getting new phone systems. And you were like, what are we doing? I was like, <laughs> to be fair, that thing was bullshit. It like was. having to learn a whole new type of phone system, yes. type of voicemail. Like yes. it was too much. It was overwhelming. Um, but not the first time that we had to do that at, <laughs> at the hospital, wasn't it? Cause then we used, we learned a whole new, um, mm-hmm. computer system. We, it was a lot anyways. So that's how we met. Um, I think our friendship, and you you jump in, but our friendship blossomed when I think I was like two to three weeks into the role and we were at a staffing and I just remember feeling like 
such imposter syndrome of like, I'm in this staffing with an attending psychologist, four other therapists, ex- like a school person, uh, like all these different entities that come together to create treatment plans and help these people. And I'm being asked all these questions, which I have no idea the answer, like no idea. I wasn't trained properly. The girl who had trained me wanted out immediately, which I completely understand and don't necessarily falter. And I, again, we all have our strengths. Some people just aren't great at training and that's okay. I remember sitting there and being like, Mari, don't you dare fucking cry in front of these people. If you start crying during this staffing, you will never live it down. Like, you'll just have to quit. You'll have to move. You'll have to go <laughs> go live in a yurt somewhere. <laughs> in get a bunker like, somewhere. <laughs> God, I was like, I'm gonna have to figure out how to be an astronaut and leave this planet. Like, there's no way. So, I remember I went back to my office and I, as I'm walking back to my office, I was like, oh, deep breaths, just, you're going to be fine. And Steph stopped in and was like, Hey, do you want to run to target? I'm going to go to target. And I was like, yeah. So as we're walking out of the building, I was like, I'm not going to be able to hold it. Oh my God. Here it comes. And I was like, um, I'm just going to cry. So I hope you're okay with that. And I started, I wouldn't say bawling, but I definitely was like, I'm so overwhelmed. I don't know what I'm doing. Help. Well, and it was in that moment that I was like, I have to validate her because I know exactly how this feels. It's fucking exhausting and overwhelming to feel like you're being attacked for something where you're still new. Yes. Yes. And I think that that was the part where sure stuff may have a, a very, um, can be that RBF front little bit of little RBF, but I definitely think in that moment, it was definitely like, Oh honey, why are you going to cry? And I was like, Oh yeah, thank you. (laughs) Cause in my head too, I was like, she's going to yell at me. She's going to yell that I'm crying. Like, even though like she'd never yelled, I I just make those assumptions because uh, like God, cognitive errors are my favorite, but like all of that coming up for me of being like, I'm never going to make it. Uh, This is the worst. She's going to yell at me. I'm not going to have any friends. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm never going to figure it out. Um, which Again, it's anybody starting a new job has absolutely been in this position, absolutely knows what it's like. And by three months in, I was golden, good to go. And that's where the friendship started. It's funny. I like mark our years of friendship on like things that happen, right? So like the Target trip, that's how I always describe how our friendship started. It was like, it started with Target and then it went to let's go tanning and go to Target. Mm -hmm. Let's go get ice cream and go to Target, right? All those things. And then it was like, we had our first best friend date and we went to the movies and had wings Yes, and we bonded over talking about our life. And I was like, this bitch is going to be my best friend. Like we have so much in common, right? And then- the next month, we went and seen Fifty Shades in the oh, movie theater. God. Oh, my God. And every year after that. <laughs> yes. I, that was our date. Our, usually, it was, it like, was. Valentine's Day dates, too. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I can just think of all those memories, too, and, like, all the music we just used to bump and play oh. and be like, ew, how old am I? <laughs> bump. We used to bump our music. Oh, God. But still, like... <laughs> That's what we used to say when I was younger. <laughs> well, and there were so many things that we had in common. We had kids that were the same age. We were both married at the time, and we were both working in this hospital, and there was just so many things that her and I are both, like, an open book when we feel comfortable, yes. right? Like, I didn't just, like, word vomit all over her all my issues. <laughs> no. But, like, I realized, I realized pretty quickly that, like, she was somebody that I could trust, and she was somebody that I can relate to, and somebody that I could, like be vulnerable with like if I'm being honest if it wasn't for you I wouldn't be the person I am today in terms of being vulnerable because you would push me to be vulnerable and I was like I don't want to do that and you're like nope we're gonna talk about it like we're doing this I 1000% agree because like 
uh, without going into detail, but there's definitely issues and scenarios that we bonded over. And I think definitely our marriages were one of them and not in the sense of like, <laughs> I'm so happy I'm married. <laughs> And not that there's not happy marriages out there because they are like my sister and her husband are ugh, like my heart and soul. I'm able to look at them and I'm like, oh my God, like it is real. Like true love is real. And I do think that, <clears throat> however, I don't think that we were in that position. And so that's something that we bonded over. But then also too, I don't think that I would, my communication as far as it has come would be where it is. I think that I've always been a pretty like vulnerable, open person in the sense, like if you ask me something, I'll absolutely share it. I don't really care. As far as communication and really communicating the inner feelings, I definitely think that is something that we, you have absolutely helped me with like case in point, me be playing around on a wheelchair, waiting to sell something like that, (laughs) that moment, that moment, it will go down in infamy of like, We were staying late after work one time and playing around, like, in the waiting area, and sometimes you send risky texts, and uh, risky as in vulnerable, sure, you can send the other kind of risky texts, but I sent a risky text as in vulnerable, and yeah, I mean... uh, And when the response came, she threw me the phone and was like, you read it, and I was like, okay, and I opened it, and I was like, oh... Okay. You were like, I, I just read this um, to you now. <laughs> I, I think we should save it. I think we should not open it. Let it be suspenseful. <laughs> but again, that's that's that moment of like sharing those vulnerable moments when you're with your friends and in company where you have that support where it's okay to be like, that really fucking hurt. <laughs> like that was really mm-hmm. awful. That was XYZ, whatever it was. But then you move through it and you move on. Um And so, yeah, then we get to where we are now. Well, and I think one thing, too, is, like, you and maybe my brother are probably the only two people that can, like, truly challenge me and push me to where I'm not going to, like, pop off at the mouth on you and be mad, right? Like, I'm going to hear your point of view, and I'm going to respect it, and I'm going to be like, okay, I need to reflect on this and really see what's going on or what's coming up for me right here. And I think that is a whole different level level of vulnerability because I, my whole life, I was defensive all the time. I felt like I had to defend myself. I had to fight back. I had to make my point. I had to be right. Like that's how I live my life. And that was exhausting. And so when I was finally able to be like, maybe I should reflect on this instead of react on this. Yes. You know, it's probably going to serve me better. And I feel like another part of being vulnerable is like, Doing something that maybe you're not proud of and admitting it to your best friend and them not shaming you for it or making Amen. you feel like an idiot, right? Like, and you Amen. do that for me. <laughs> yes, literally. I, I mean, from 20, um, I was going to say, yeah, 2014. Wow. From 2014 <laughs> to now, 2021, the amount of times that we have shared with each other of like, this is a really scary moment. So this is a really this open, vulnerable thing. <laughs> and here it is in all its glory and the both of us are usually just like okay all right let's move through let's do this we've got this it's not a big deal we can do this so or the amount of times we've sent text messages and this is this is um a therapeutic technique is it's called fact checking mm-hmm. where we've sent messages and being like okay i need you to like go through this with me and tell me if I'm being overreactive, if I'm being dramatic, was this feeling valid? Which let me just say, like, everybody's feelings are valid, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. your reactions to those feelings that sometimes can be not appropriate. And so that's what I do when I fact check is, like, am I being 
like overly concerned about something that's not an issue? Am I reading too much into this? Like, you know, and I ask for her feedback because I respect her opinion. Absolutely. It's, the, the feelings are valid because of your perception of the situation. The fact checking is then to see if the feelings are justified and to see if your feelings fit the facts of the situation. And I mean, it's always a 50-50 shot, which is why it's great to have that person there or and or to have a therapist. Oh my gosh, I cannot say this enough. I understand that we're therapists and that's coming from us. However, so many clients think that they have to have this big trauma or this giant life problem they need to work through. When in reality, it's just moments like this to be able to have somebody and to just be like, am I am I viewing this right? Do you think I have all the facts of the situation? Like, am, is my, I have a bias towards this, obviously I'm in it. So am I getting the whole picture or do I need to like reevaluate what's going on? Well, and I feel like, and you can kind of chime in here, but I feel like I would say, I don't know, seven times out of 10 clients that come to us for therapy just want to be validated because yes. their whole life they were invalidated and told that their feelings didn't matter or told they were being dramatic or mm-hmm. told that they didn't have a right to feel that way. And so they just want somebody to say, no, you absolutely do. Absolutely. I absolutely agree of like, quit being so sensitive, quit being dramatic. Well, you know, oh my gosh, it's not that big of a deal. That's so so hurtful and can be very detrimental of we're dismissing this person's feelings. It absolutely can be hurtful to them. Now, if they're sitting here wailing on for three hours about the issue, then that's where we need to check if the emotion, the intensity is justified. They're still allowed to be sad or upset about whatever happened. Absolutely. Um, And I think, I mean, there's a bajillion ways that our friendship and our lives have evolved over the past, you know, six and a half years. Yes. you guys, you guys will come to learn that like we're both divorced. Mm-hmm. Mari's in a very good, healthy relationship. I am single, and I, I am yes. very happy being single and just ready living to my mingle. life. I am not ready to mingle. As a matter of fact, <laughs> no, I know you're not, and that's completely okay and healthy. Gosh, if that's one thing too that I just cannot say enough is like know what you want and be okay with that and reaffirm Mm -hmm. that for yourself instead of falling into this trap or pattern of like what society expects us to do. Like society expects us to get married. Okay. Well like, and at a certain age and then have the white picket fence and have the 2.5 kids. And yeah, we did that Mm -hmm. and it didn't work out for us and that's okay. It works out for some people. Awesome. We, this is not about to be a marriage bashing podcast at all. There are very healthy relationships that I've seen. However, it just didn't work for us and that's okay. I mean, both sides are okay. Let things develop organically. I think that's one thing that Jeffrey has shared with me in being in this relationship is like not rushing things, don't have to put titles on things, don't have to follow the certain road that, you know, society expects you to be on, that you can be happy and just be exactly where you're at and be okay with that. And that's healthy. I will never forget in the beginning of your and Jeff's relationship, how he was not the greatest <laughs> of textures, no. right? And he would take a while to respond. And I'm like, yes. Mari, if he is teaching you anything, it's to be patient, right? Ugh, we are yes. so used to having our phone attached to our hand that when mm-hmm. somebody doesn't respond, we're like, well, he's fucking ignoring me. Great. Here we fucking go again, right? He's, he's out in the club. <laughs> There's a, like what club? What like the proverbial club? Like it's in the club talking to hoes. Like, what? Shut up. Literally sleeping. <laughs> I mean, yes. No, yes. it's valid. Like living together, he's definitely sleeping. He's eating a pastry or sleeping. Like that's all that it was. <laughs> but yeah, and I think when we came up with so 
we do all the things, right? Yes. We no longer work in the psychiatric hospital. We both left. I left first, and it was very traumatizing for Murray. It was, honestly, I was like, how the fuck do I get out of here fast? <laughs> like, I can't do this. I cannot. I left to do private practice, which I am still at now, and then Mari is also with me, and I still worked at the hospital part-time, so I would see her occasionally, which was always the best, um, but left to do private practice, and then last year, um, we both launched our own businesses mm-hmm. in addition to, you know, the private practice, and then the past couple months, we decided that we were going to offer these monthly master classes where yes. we come together, and... Backstory, when we worked at the hospital, we did a lot of group sessions. And yes, we worked with teenagers, but we know how to run a group. So that was like a pretty big strength of us, for us. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to do these master classes. And I am telling you, when I say that these women, like, gave me life, it, like, lit a fire under me. Because I'm like, this is why I do what I do. Like, these women are doing the skills. They're practicing what we're asking them to practice. And they're seeing the results. And they are so fucking happy. Like... It just, it lit me up. What is super exciting is being able to, like, take the the group practice that we did, which it wasn't our favorite, but it definitely, like, I love one-on-one sessions. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I think that they're fantastic. What is nice about these group sessions is you get everybody being able to communicate with each other and learn from each other because I'm one therapist and I can sit here and I can preach at you and talk at you and tell you how wonderful these skills are. However, when you watch other people start to utilize them, you're like, oh, maybe there is some method to this madness. Like maybe she's Mm -hmm. not just full of shit. Like I promise you it works. And so that's the nice thing about being able to do these mindset masterclasses on our own is that there's no expectations except the ones that we put on ourselves. And we are so good working together to check unhealthy expectations of like, well, what what if we should do this or what if we should do that? Like we both sit back and are like, okay, but where is that coming from? What is that emotion being born out of? Like what, what is really going on? Mm-hmm. So the super nice thing is being able to watch these women grow and it, it is open to everybody. It's not just women. Yes. I do think though that just to be realistic, women do jump more on the opportunity to take care of their mental health. However, we are coming for you, everybody, everybody, doesn't matter who you are, you are welcome here. Um, so we we're having the ability to bounce ideas off of each other and bring these new fun ideas and topics in our own way with like our own flair, our swearing, our crass attitude sometimes, our just that raw vulnerability to be able to help you move into that next or better version of yourself. And here's the thing. I have had this conversation, I don't even, it feels like 700 fucking times this week of people constantly saying it's so hard or it's too hard. And my response is you need to fucking pick your hard, mm-hmm. right? Either you're going to choose to stay stuck where you are and be miserable and have it hard that way, or you're going to choose to do the hard work and make the changes you need to make. Because here's the thing. I am like, I have depression. I deal with it every day. I've dealt with it for years mm-hmm. and I have to challenge my thoughts every single day. Like Mari said earlier, if I don't, I will get stuck and I will be depressed and I will be, not like not functionable, but I'm not a pleasant person. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not doing the work, how can I preach to other people that this actually works? Like, yes, I can say, you know, other clients have had success and stuff like that. But if we're like walking, talking examples of what we teach, I feel like that's huge. It is huge. And I will say that the experience that I had with myself, which made me really turn inward and be like, okay, bitch, like game on was my ex was like, and it, it wasn't from, a helpful or loving place at the time. 
<laughs> but he was like, how are you supposed to help people when you can't even help yourself, when you're not even good at communicating oh. or whatever yourself? Right, bitch? Um, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay. However, it definitely propelled me to have a moment to step back and be like, am I communicating in the most, most healthy way? Am I showing up for myself for this, for that? And it definitely took a lot of years, but even him saying that, like I can say now to this day, not that I ever thought that the divorce was all his fault. It's not. It takes two people. And I definitely recognize that communication was such a huge struggle for me. And that that like I own that aspect of the divorce. I did Same. not communicate well. I was passive aggressive of like, yeah. I'm I'm fine. I'm good. <laughs> I'm no, I'm not. I'm not upset. Like, bitch, if you don't. Yes, you are. But anyways. So that was a really helpful moment to step back and look and then starting to implement all of the things, all of the things that we talk about and that we put into practice of like, you need to be doing this. You cannot sit here and ask all of these people to continuously try and try and try. And you're over here like, mm-hmm. how'd that work out? Was it good? Because I haven't done it yet. <laughs> like, no. Because I'm, I'm nervous to do it. So can you just right. report back to me and let me you, know if it works? Yes. Thanks. You let me know. Thank you. <laughs> Let me know. I'm just, I'm recording data. <laughs> Dude, communication is probably one of the hardest skills to actually, like, fully master, right? Like, mm-hmm. again, growing up, I was the abrasive one or the passive-aggressive one. Like, it was kind of one or the other. I was either going to, like, snap on you, so to speak. Now I'm aging myself of, like, I'm going to snap on you and tell you how it is and just walk away from the situation. Or I'm going to not talk to you for a week and a half and then act like everything is fine when I decide it's fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, Neither is effective because if somebody comes at me now at the age of damn near 37 yelling at me, trying to get their point across, I'm not even listening to you. Your point is not being made. I'm done listening. Mm -hmm. And I honestly, my family is so much like, it's fine. Everything's fine. I don't even understand what you're like. We're not even fighting. It's not... I'm going to yell a little bit and then we're going to act like everything's okay. Like it's so, it's so crazy to now my dad is down in Florida right now because he's retired. He got an RV. So now he's going to be a snowbird. And I have spoken to that man more in the past month than I ever have in my entire fucking life. I'm 33. I'm like, he's just like giddy and excited. (laughs) And he's like, love ya. And I'm like, Richard? It's oh, Mars, great down here. See the sun. <laughs> How much is it still snowing by you guys? How much snow did you get? Are you guys shoveling still? What's going on? Like, I'm like, what is going on? But it's so, it's so fulfilling to see him like live his dream and what he's wanted to do with his life. And, but then like looking back at where I was a kid and I'm like, we don't talk about feelings. What feelings? What? What are feelings? Like, yes. like cue Sebastian Maniscalco being like, feelings. What are feelings? <laughs> like yes. he's doing his dad impression. Uh, side note, if you have not seen Sebastian Maniscalco as a stand up, I'm not probably, I'm butchering his last name probably. No, that's right. That's right. Okay. If yep. you have not seen him as a stand up comedian, he has Netflix specials. Oh my Lanta, that man. And as a fellow Italian, Italian, I can attest to how he describes Italian families. And that's why, like, my family and I find it so funny because we're like, oh, it sounds like Uncle So and so, or oh, it sounds like my dad, or oh, yes. That's actually how it happens, right? Like, oh, so good. So hilarious. <sighs> Anyways, so do we feel like, I feel like we, we've covered our basics. Is there more? Do you feel like there's more? What are you thinking? No, the only thing I was going to say is I think when we came up with the name for the podcast, which was very hard, FYI, because. Months. We want to be, like, 
like a resort all-inclusive, right? We want to include everybody. <laughs> However, we have we are all-inclusive buffets for everybody. <laughs> we are two people who identify as women, and so we called it Rewriting Her Story because we're writing our own stories, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we are rewriting how we want to be, who we want to be, how we want life to look, all of the things. But we want everybody to know that this is for anybody and everybody who wants to work on their mindset. Like, that's the whole point of this. And just to be crystal clear, yes, we are two psychotherapists. This is not in a di- this is not a substitute for therapy, right? So no. if you are struggling, if you are having issues and you are having problems, please, 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 please seek out a therapist. I 1000% agree. I love podcasts as like an addendum to the therapy and the sessions that I have. I often use them as homework for my clients because it drives the point home. Like I can have, I can sit here and be speaking to a client and be like, blah, 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 wah, 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 little Snoopy version. And then I will, they'll be like, oh, okay, like maybe. And then I'll give them a podcast to drive it home. They're like, oh, Mari, I just, wow. I resonated so well with that podcast. And you're like, I said the same motherfucking thing yesterday. (laughs) And you know why I said the same thing? Because I listened to the podcast myself and I spit it back out to you. But anyways, but okay. But here's the thing. As long as it hits home, as long as it resonates with you and drives the point home of like you being able to get help, then by all means, sure. And like, yes, they're geniuses. How did they do it? (laughs) Absolutely. Crazy. (laughs) Oh my Absolutely. gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. We're like, super excited oh, for, oh, um, sorry. Uh, dang. Okay. So yes, this please is, continue. This is so, the, there's going to be awkward moments for us. So bear with us. We don't know what the fuck we're doing and we're zooming. So we're like trying to like be courteous and not over talk, but I wanted to just echo what Steph said of like, there is room at this table for everybody that it, it does not matter who you are. It does not matter what lifestyle you follow. It does not matter how you were born or what you step into or any part of your life, any facet of your life, we are here and we absolutely support it. So we want you to know that there is a seat at our table for everyone. Absolutely. And all I was honestly going to say is we hope that this resonates with you guys and that you'll come back and listen more because we can't wait to share all the things. All the things. And this is like the only time that we'll really like dive into like our life story together. Like yes. we'll, sh- we'll use it in, in other circumstances to drive point ho- points home, but it's not like we're just going to talk about our friends, despite <laughs> the fact that we could for multiple episodes. <laughs> we I was gonna say, the only way I can see us talking about our lives is if something comes up yes. that we're struggling with, right? And like yes. we can walk each other through it so you guys can see how we do it. So then you can practice it yourself. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. Awesome. This was amazing. So I'm exciting. So excited. And I hope that you all come back and see us again. Well, listen to us. Don't see us. But maybe. Maybe on YouTube one day. Yes. Or just on TV. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we do our TED Talk. And when we do our TED Talk. Special, like, Brene yes. Brown. Yes, so, Brene Brown. Yep. The, our mother, Brene Brown. The goat. The, the goat. goat. Yep. The goat. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll see you guys soon. Nope, just kidding. You'll hear us soon. <laughs> Bye. Bye.